Welcome to 9 to 5, the blueprint on how to invest your time, energy, and passion to create a life of purpose broken from the chains of paycheck servitude. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. How to get your butt off the sideline and get into the side hustling game. The internet is a wonderful place. It's a place you can spend hours on, aimlessly browsing page after page. Consuming content from the internet is an extremely easy thing to do with your time. Producing content for the internet, however, can be absolutely paralyzing. And when I say producing content, I don't just mean posting a picture of your kid on Facebook or making a snarky comment on a YouTube video. I mean creating real, valuable content that is relevant, helpful, and inspirational to others who will happen to come across it for months or years into the future. Turning the internet into your side hustle. So you're pursuing financial independence, right? You will get there faster if you supplement your day job income. And once you hit your number, you will feel so much better having a passion project to dive into once you quit your job. You do not want to quit and risk having the feeling of purposelessness. One of the easiest side hustles to start is to create content for the internet. This could be a blog, a YouTube channel, a podcast, etc. Building a business online has incredible benefits. It can be started with minimal investment. It can scale to incredible size without increasing your costs. The profit margins are often, often over 90% due to zero physical inventory. And of course, it can be fun and exciting as you create whatever content you find interesting and helpful. So if it's so amazing and so easy, why hasn't everyone started their online business? The answer is simple. While it is simple to create an online business, it is definitely not easy to implement and stick with. To succeed in online business, you need to overcome the resistance. The resistance is the inner demon within all of us, the voice inside your head that tells you to keep watching old reruns on Netflix. But if you decide that you want to accelerate your path to FI, you will need to overcome the resistance. This article will show you how. Why can't you get started? There are so many reasons why we delay starting our side hustles. You're exhausted when you get home from work. You're afraid of failure. You just don't have enough time. You're comfortable where you are in your career and are not sure if you want to take steps to leave it. You're afraid to create stress in your relationships by spending too much time on your hustle and not enough time on your spouse and kids. These are all real fears and they need to be addressed before you can fully embrace your future business. Here's a tip to help you overcome the resistance. Understand your why. If you're considering starting a business, you have to have a reason why. Maybe it's to get out of debt, or to quit your job and start working for yourself, or just because you're bored. Here's the thing, not all whys are created equal. If you just wanna get out of debt, then as soon as you achieve that goal, there will no longer be the same draw and motivation to continue to grow your new business. It's important to have an important why when you're starting out your side hustle because the resistance against your why will be strong. You have to be clear on your why. My why is twofold. I am building my business so I can spend the quality time with my children while they are still children, to not leave every morning and give my best self to others for money, only to return home to give the tired scraps of whatever's left of me to my kids the ones who have waited all day patiently to show me their latest artwork. That is my virtuous why. I also have one that I'm not as proud of. I'm also building this business to protect my ego and my sanity. My wife and I have successfully scaled her blog to a respectable income 
and we have no intent to quit it. In fact, we want to continue to grow it. If I do not also begin to build something for myself now while I still have my career, then I will be in trouble when I finally reach Phi. I fear that I'll feel insignificant or I won't have as much going for me as she has going on. And it's totally a uh, self-limiting belief, but it is a true one and one that I need to address, which I'm doing in this post. I strongly believe that we need work in our lives. We need to challenge ourselves and we need the reward from that hard day's work. I have thrived on this motivation for years in my academic and my corporate careers. If I quit without having that something for myself, I fear I could begin to regret my decision to achieve financial independence and leave my day job. Or even worse, I could turn that negativity towards my family. And that is simply unacceptable. So the action step here is to write down your why. Keep it close to you. And whenever you start doubting what it is that you're doing, because there will be times when you will absolutely doubt what you're doing, pull out that piece of paper that explicitly states your why and remember why you're on this path. If you find out that your why is insignificant or just doesn't matter, then that's also your answer. You want to make sure that the reason you're building this business is something that will be with you for the long haul and something you can stick with over time. Let's talk specifically about the resistance for online content creators. So the resistance is equally difficult when you're creating an online business centered around creating content. It's called content marketing. This is because it can take a very long time before that content can be found organically through search engines or through social media shares. Would-be bloggers will put out five or 10 posts and wonder why their traffic is still negligible. They can get demotivated and give it all up just before the inflection point of success. Luckily, there is an easy way around this. So this next section is how to overcome resistance as an online content creator. So it's time to start challenging yourself. Challenge yourself to put away your pride, stop checking your traffic stats every 10 minutes, and ultimately stop caring how many shares your articles are getting on that first day or first week of being published. In a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution, the author distinguishes two forms of key performance indicators. One is a leading indicator of performance, and the other is a lagging indicator for, of performance. And just in case you guys aren't corporate like me, uh, a KPI or key performance indicator is kind of those big scoreboard numbers that kind of tell you if you're on track or behind with where you need to be with your business. So let's talk about lagging versus leading. So a lagging indicator would be the number of visitors you got last month, or how much money your website made, or how many shares you received. These are all metrics that are important to your online business, but you ultimately do not have full control of the outcome. You can't necessarily you know, force a certain number of shares, and you can't force a certain amount of traffic or money to come out of it uh, unless you're you know, paying for ads and things like that, in which case it may not be your exact uh, goal in mind. You want to get it profitably. So as the name implies, these lagging indicators, they lag the actual actions that determine the result, the efforts that you put in as the entrepreneur every day. The indicators lag that. So you, don't, you aren't able to really course correct in real time, creating a potential downward spiral of motivation and results. Well, that, what I mean by that is if you put in some effort day in and day out, day in, day out, and the only uh, indicator that you're checking to see if you're on the right track is kind of how you ended the month and what actions you took on the first of the month, what the results were on the 30th, 
that can become a demotivational way to look at things because you can go down this path for so long thinking you're on the right track only to find out you were way off from the beginning. So let's contrast that with some leading indicators. So leading indicators are the number of hours you put into your business every night. How many posts per week you published? How many emails you sent to bigger bloggers in order to make relationships? How many times you shared other people's content as a goodwill gesture? So how are these different? So these are all measurements that you have direct control over. You know, you control how many hours per night you work on your blog. You control how many emails you send out. You can't control necessarily how many emails are opened by the other bloggers, but you can control how often you're sharing content and getting your name and brand out there. The other thing about these metrics is that they're also the inputs that lead to the favorable outputs, the favorable results in the end. So ideally, if you're working on the correct leading indicators, the lagging indicators are going to take care of themselves. What I mean by that is if you know that in order to get more visitors to your blog, you need to find, you need to reach out to 5, 10, 15 new Facebook group admins every day and kind of start building that relationship to get to where they trust you and allow you to post and publicize your content in their group. You can control how many people you reach out to. It's going to be kind of a statistical thing on how many people are actually going to open your requests or answer favorably to it and ultimately get you to your goal. But because you know that that is a direct input that leads to you getting more traffic to your blog, working on it is absolutely worth your time. So the takeaway here is that you should really be focusing on your leading indicators when you're building your online business. They are within your control. They can keep you motivated and they should lead to the results you want if you think through your process uh, effectively and know what inputs lead to your outputs. So how do you take action from this? So for the first 100 days of your new project, assuming you're starting new or even if you have a project that's kind of languished or not achieved the level of growth that you want, you can take a single leading indicator and focus all your efforts on that indicator for the next 100 days. And I call this very originally the 100 day challenge. So I have to give Miles Beckler from milesbeckler.com credit for this idea. And it was given to him from a previous mentor. So we're kind of just sharing the wealth of this fantastic idea for content marketing. So the idea behind the challenge is very simple. It is to publish a piece of content every single day. And Miles recommends a 90-day period, publishing 90 pieces of content in 90 days. But I see something psychologically satisfying of just kind of going for that triple digit and go for that 100. It's 10 more days. It should be achievable as well. But ultimately, whatever length you choose, you have to make sure that it's long enough that you will have a solid habit formed by the end of that challenge. Because once you reach day 101 or day 91, the content creation should not be over. It's not over. This is a long game blogging, YouTube uh, channel creation, podcasting, these are long games. It can take a while for um, them to really build up steam. And once you have that steam, you can lose it if you don't continue to focus on it. So why create content every day? Well, there are a ton of benefits to this method, but below are only a few. Number one, you'll stop being a spectator. This is my favorite, and ultimately I'm talking to myself here, guys. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. All that matters is how well you can share that knowledge and apply that knowledge towards your or others' businesses. Number one, 
you will stop being a spectator. This is my favorite, and ultimately, guys, I'm talking to myself here. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. All that matters is how well you can share that knowledge, how many people that can be changed by that knowledge, how many businesses can be impacted from that knowledge. And here's the thing. You're not going to be great on day one. This challenge of 100 days of constantly putting out content, it forces you to progress and get better every day through the sheer force of repetition and habit. And um, a podcast I listened to, it's eluding me what the podcast name was, but the author, he published a a piece of uh, audio format. He published a podcast every single day for much more than 100 days. And when he was talking through his strategy behind this, I thought it was so smart. His... uh, is Justin Sheets from Radical Personal Finance, now that I remember it. And what Justin said was that he had two choices to go. One, he could try to edit it down to perfection and maybe take a week or two weeks of kind of working on the piece of content. Or he can get out seven times the amount of content with you know maybe some minor hiccups here and there or some, uh, some minor misspoken uh, phrases. But ultimately, by forcing the repetition, you're going to get to where you don't need any more takes. You won't need many edits over time because you'll simply get better through that sheer repetition. All right, so reason number two, Google is going to take notice. So this is a shortcut to becoming an authority within whatever niche you've selected for with the search engines, with Google, with Bing, if anybody uses that. If you create valuable content consistently, Google will recognize it and start giving you greater preference when people search for your topic. You know, if you only post one amazing article, but then you go away for two years, Google is not going to want to give its readers or its uh, searchers access to you because they don't know if you're going to even offer any uh, value to them going forward. And Google wants to take care of its readers. Number three, you will build inner self-discipline. So this is beneficial not only for your online business, but for every aspect of your life. By committing to an aggressive content schedule like this, you're going to have to become more disciplined in your daily actions. You'll learn to budget your time more effectively, and this improvement, like I said, it can help in your marriage by being more attentive to your spouse when it's spouse time and then more productive when it's work time. It can actually help you in your day job as well, even though you're going to basically be running yourself ragged through the sheer force of creating content consistently. But by doing that, you're going to learn how to really invest that time in whatever you're doing the best way possible. And then number four is you're going to learn what works best for you. What I mean by that is after 100 pieces, you'll know what medium is best for you. Are you an audio guy? Are you a video guy? Are you a blog post guy? Uh, you'll know what topics you get excited to talk about. Like I'm kind of getting excited talking through this process because it's a topic I really need to hear myself over and over again. And you'll also find out which topics suck the life out of you. You know, I wrote a, a you know, about a 6,000-word post on taxes for, uh, for online business and for bloggers. And towards the end, I was getting a little bit worn out from the topic. So I, I know what works and what doesn't work for me. You'll also see, and this is very important, you'll also see where you're developing the most engagement with your fans. You know, ultimately, it's great if you feel good creating content on a certain topic. And you could do that all you know, your entire life. But if your audience doesn't resonate with it, it's not going to become a very successful business. So all these are valuable insights that would take years to gather if you didn't have a very focused content marketing push in the beginning. You know, last thing you want to do is publish a masterpiece uh, once every month and uh, ultimately figure out it's going down the wrong path for whatever reason. 
So the takeaway here is that creating content daily will jumpstart your confidence, your discipline, your search engine relevance, and your own audience insights. You can do this. All right, so like I said, there are countless reasons why you should create content daily, but this quick list should have you convinced by now. So the next question, which I know you're asking yourself, is how the heck do you do it? Let's dive into that now. So there are two methods you can approach to this challenge of creating content every single day. I call it the single channel or the multi-channel content creation route. And that sounds really fancy, but really single channel simply means you pick a single medium that's easiest for you to create content in, whether it's written word or spoken word through a podcast or making a YouTube video. Uh, you pick the one medium and you stick with it. And the reason for this is that you know yourself. If you struggle with confidence and hate the sound of your own voice, it makes sense to focus on writing and building a, a blog and a huge library of articles on a single source of a single website. And once you've built up that confidence, which you ultimately will, once you've built up that confidence in your own progress, you can revisit the other forms. You, know, you can test going into audio and, and video once you kind of realize that you're, you've got the confidence, you've got what it takes to move on past simply the written word. Multi-channel content creation, on the other hand, is where you allow yourself to intermix the media throughout the challenge. And what I mean by this is you could write a blog post on day one, publish a podcast episode about the same content on day two, and then maybe recap it all with a YouTube video on day three. Now, this is the method that I personally have selected to use for my 100-day challenge, and it has some benefits that I think are very important, especially if you're not a 100% online entrepreneur, if you're not doing this full time, if you still have a day job, uh, this is a very valuable um, strategy if you feel comfortable in the different media. So let's get more uh, into the details of this multi-channel content creation strategy. So for every day, you must publish at least one piece of content. The content could be, like I said, a blog post, a podcast episode, a video. And I'm also going to toss in here an opt-in or a content upgrade. You know, these are things that oftentimes can take a fair amount of, of energy and, and passion to kind of put together and put together well, and you definitely don't want to skimp on them. And if you're going through the process of creating 100 pieces of content, you definitely will be getting some traffic, some significant traffic by the end of those 100 days. And it would absolutely be a shame if you were not collecting email addresses and building your email list at the same time. So I give uh, kind of um, I, I give a point, I guess you'd say, to doing opt-ins or content upgrades. So every day for 100 days, you must publish at least one piece of content. And that content could be a blog post, a podcast episode, a video for YouTube or Vimeo or something like that. Or I added in a fourth one here, which is either an opt-in or a content upgrade. So maybe one of those checklists or a, a free email course or an email sequence because at the end of 100 days, you're going to have some steady, consistent traffic coming to your blog or YouTube channel, whichever medium you chose. And it would be an absolute shame if all that traffic had no opportunity to get on your email list. So I definitely do recommend having at least one way of capturing those email addresses early on as you're starting this challenge. But if you're writing a blog post and as you're going through it, you realize, oh my gosh, this is begging for a cheat sheet or something like that. Uh, you, I don't want you to rush it and feel like you have poor quality work going into your blog. Um, so that might spill out into a second day. So the goal with this rule is that simply working on it every day is no longer enough. 
this is something that I do. And I tell myself, as long as I'm working, as long as, long as I'm putting an hour or two into my blog every day, it's fine. It'll grow enough. But ultimately, what that leads to is I'll work on the same blog post for day after day after day. And at some point, it's counterproductive. I'm wasting time. And I really, good enough is good enough. Like you, you, There's a phrase, you don't want to let uh, great be the enemy of good. So allow yourself to publish and and move forward. So now I focus on task completion, which creates that mindset shift. Now there's whatever I'm working on, there's urgency because I know that when the clock strikes midnight, like it's a Disney movie or whatever, uh, another piece of content needs to come right behind it for tomorrow. You know, it, it can sound a little bit stressful. And if you're worried about low quality content coming out, you know, we'll talk through how this is possible in a, a little bit. But ultimately, without urgency, this stuff is not going to happen on its own, guys. Like, you have to be able to put in the work. And without having that carrot or the whip to motivate you, uh, it's just not going to happen. So, before we talk about kind of the details of how to do this, I want to talk about the benefits of doing the multi-channel content creation strategy as opposed to simply the single channel. So I love the multi-channel content creation strategy because it's time efficient. It creates better content. It allows for more planning, which is key uh, for side hustlers. It's better for SEO and I think it's less boring. So let's dive into each one separately. So if you're looking to build a business on the side, you really don't have all day to come up with new ideas and all day to uh, you know get your I images just right and all of this. It's very common that idea generation is the most difficult and time consuming part of creating online content, especially if the time you have to work on your hu hustle is towards the end of the day when you're already a little bit tired, a little bit low energy. Now doing brainstorming is a, is a tough, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. So when you have a full-time job and a family that takes majority of your time, you want to be as efficient with your content creation as you can. So what I recommend is that you milk your ideas for all they're worth. While the idea is still fresh in your mind, you can repurpose the idea into other forms of content. So for example, on day one, you can create a blog post on a unique idea that you've been thinking about over the last couple of days. Then on day two, you can walk through the blog post while screencasting and post that video on YouTube. And finally, on day three, you could take the audio track out of that YouTube video and post that to your podcasting host. So in that one, in that one idea, that one concept that you're sharing, you can create three unique pieces of content. Now you'd argue, well, if you're just ripping the audio out of the video and putting it out there, is that really unique content? And that that could be a fair point. You know, if it's one of those where if you're showing your screen and you're being very demonstrative or demonstrating, I think that's the correct word, uh, with your video, it may not make sense to just take that audio out. But a lot of your content should be sharing of ideas, should be very conceptual, something you could easily share through audio. You know, and I'm, I'll pull back the curtain here. At this point, I'm reading and elaborating on a blog post that I published yesterday. So this is me drinking the Kool-Aid. All right, so number two, it creates better content. And so this is kind of like when you dive deeper. So when you revisit the same topic multiple times, you always find new avenues of exploring within that idea. You might have a thought during the video recording that you completely forgot about when you were initially writing that blog post. So here's the great news. It's extremely easy to edit the article to include this new idea. So on day one, you might hit publish on your blog post, but on day two or day three, you might have had another you know, eureka moment or you might have had a new idea pop into your mind. 
you can just go right back around and update that blog post until you're kind of done with that topic and you kind of pack that idea up into a box and put it back on the shelf and move on to the next idea. Um, this is why I recommend you start with blog posts as day one uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, so number one is it's easier to write and kind of write at your own pace and kind of let your thoughts come out of your brain and get onto the paper. Uh, I have an easier time personally doing it through the written word than I do through a video. But more importantly, once that's down there, once it's out there on the blog post, it's much easier to go and edit that blog post to add or subtract if, as you're going through your, your three-day uh, content creation pillar. Uh, if you realize that something needs to be adjusted, it's easier for me to update a blog post than it is to go and do some uh, fancy splicing and dicing of a video or audio track to update that information. Number three, it allows for better planning. And this is important to me. So instead of having to hastily plan each new day's content, you now have a three-day window to plan each idea. And I originally tried doing that single channel content creation, and I just I got demotivated because I'd fall behind on one day, and there was no way to catch up. And I would kind of it would snowball on itself, and eventually I would get frazzled and give up. So on the day that you get to publish your audio to the podcast. You know, if you're just ripping out the audio track from the video, you really don't have a lot of unique work to do. The work has already been handled through creating the video and creating the uh, blog post. So you can use that time wisely and take the time out that you would have been really creating that content and start building on the idea for your next blog post. You know, instead of having to brainstorm, write, and make, you know, images and all that for your blog post on one day, you can spread that out as kind of pre-work while you're finishing up the other two pillars of your content creation strategy uh, through the video and the audio. Number four, it's better for SEO. So creating 100 blog posts in a row is great, don't get me wrong, but if each blog post is kind of a standalone piece of content and it's not connected to other posts on your site or other posts outside in the internet, search engines will not really think the content is ultra relevant and ultra valuable to the people who would be searching for it. If you had to serve up a web page for somebody searching for dog food and you have 1,000 word article that has no links, no product IDs, no, no details outside of just the content on the page versus one that links to Amazon and then links to the dog food administration or whatever they have for dog food, you know, it, it, they're obviously going to want to send the user to a place that has done its research, which is what interlinking and backlinking looks like in uh, search engine language. Number five, oh yeah, so let's round that out. So because you're now creating three pieces of content on a single idea, you can begin to build a web between those three pieces of content. You can take the blog post and then record a video off of the blog post, but then the kicker is within the description of your YouTube video, you can link back to your blog post, right? In the end cards at, you know, at, on the screen there when you're watching a YouTube video, you can also link back to your blog post. And then in your blog post, you can embed the YouTube video at the top, at the bottom, or wherever it makes sense for you. You can embed that video into the blog post. So now you have kind of a, a double, double redirect or whatever you want to call it. You have a backlink from YouTube to your blog and you have a backlink to uh, your blog from YouTube. And all that does is start to kind of build up the authority of that content. You know, Google loves multimedia content. That means written word, it means images, it means audio, it means video. Uh, it wants to have all of that there because it's giving the reader the best chance to get the information they are looking for. And number five, it is simply less boring. 
And this one is personal preference. If you just absolutely get off from writing long blog posts every day, that's fantastic. But I personally struggle from shiny object syndrome. I even just the other day, I was deep into a blog post and I read an email that mentioned that my podcast, my podcast host had some major updates. And so I immediately had to go in and record a podcast episode just to see what the updates were like. And they're really, really awesome. I'll make another uh, post about that later on in my challenge. But I know that if I stuck to a single way to create content, I would get so bored in the process that I may give up. And, you know, variety is the spice of life and all that. And it's really important that you find what works for you uh, in your own mindset so that you're successful with this challenge. So finally, how are you supposed to stay accountable during this whole content creation challenge? So you know what to do, but how do you stay motivated after day five, after day 15, after day 20? Because you may not have results yet. I know that the, the habit's going to be there for you to check your traffic stats. It's going to be there to kind of see how many subscriptions you've got to your email list. And these are all compounding returns here. Like you're not going to see a whole lot of returns in the first year of you being in the stock market. But day 10, day, or I'm sorry, year 10, year 15, year 20, all those small incremental daily gains are now snowballing on each other. It's the exact same thing with content marketing. So... As with all difficult things, it really helps to have a friend. So I encourage you to find somebody who's on the same journey as you. If they're trying to achieve financial independence or they're trying to build their own business or they're just trying to do something outside of just their nine to five and team up with them, bring them into the challenge, make it fun. Whoever misses a day gives the other person $5. You know, if you're dealing with personal finance people, any challenge where they have the opportunity to make money, uh, they might take you up on it. You can also use your online communities as your accountability partners. So you can post in your favorite group uh, what you're doing and why and kind of you know send them to this post here, shameless plug, uh, so they can see the idea behind it um, and they can commit to the challenge as well. It's important that you share your big why with them so that when you feel like quitting, they will be able to remind you what you're fighting for, why you're doing this, and that ultimately it's going to all be worth it and it's all going to be okay. All right, so that's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I really firmly believe that content marketing is an important pillar of building an online business. It's not the only pillar. I strongly believe in paying for traffic as well because time and money are both resources that are scarce on this planet. But I don't think one should exist without the other. If you uh, write content and write content, it, it, you're not getting the full reach you could if you were to put some money behind it and reach people that would never have found organically on their own, and you could be serving those people very well. At the same token, if all you do is pay for traffic, then the people that go from your uh, paid advertisement to your blog, they are not going to trust you that much because they don't see uh, the history of your work. They don't see your work product and if you're reliable. So I think they work well together. I'm curious, however, what you think about this and what your opinions are. So if you want, head on over to 9to5.com slash 100 days. That's just the number 100 and the word days. Leave a comment there. Like and share it. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. It'd be fantastic. Leave a comment and review. I'd love to get to know you better and kind of help you along the journey that we're both traveling here. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.